You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Roman Pesham Yisrael 5780 2020. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Emor. In our Parsha, besides for other things, of course, many different topics, but we have the Moyadeh Hashana. The Torah enumerates and instructs us in regards to the different holidays that we have throughout the year, the obligations that we have on those holidays. And I must admit that I am partial to the holiday of Sukkot, which we have, of course, after Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. And that holiday, we sit in our sukkahs, in our booths, we bring the Arbaminim, the four species. And I'd like to share with you a thought that's here. And before I do, I just want to mention that if, as we look at the calendar of the year, as we look at the way that Kodesh Baruch Hu set up our year for us, we have 12 months in a year. And really the truth is that these 12 months are two sets of six. And just like each week we have six days, and then we have the seventh day, which is Shabbos. So in the, in the months of the year, we also have six months. And then the seventh month, which is the beginning of the next series of six, that seventh is the completion, it's the Shabbos. So we have the six months from Nisan until El. So we have those six months, starting with Pesach, the, year, the month of Pesach. And then it leads up to the culmination, the Shabbos, so to speak, which is the seventh uh, month, which is Tishrei. And we have all of our Yomim Toivim, we have Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, as we mentioned. And then we count again, another six months. Six months from Tishrei through Adar. And Erev Shabbos, so to speak, is Adar when we have Purim. And then Shabbos again is when we have Pesach, the month of Nisan. Okay, so we have a series of months. And it's important to understand, we are now in Iyar, which is the second day. We had Sunday, which was, so to speak... We had Pesach, we had the, uh, those those times, and now we're in the second day of the week, and we count all the way till we get to Tishrei. So my point is that it's certainly appropriate and important to think about as we're headed through the days of the week, through the months of the year, we're headed back towards Tishrei, we're headed back towards Sukkot. It's important to speak about and think about these ideas because all the times are connected. We know there's a concept of the connection between Pesach there's a connection between Pesach and Shavuos. We're counting now to the, down the Omer. We're counting to 50 days till we get to Shavuos. And we also have a connection between Pesach and Sukkot. Chamishosar, Chamishosar. As the Gemara tells us in Sukkot, there's a connection. They're both on the 15th day of the month. And they're both in, so to speak, the seventh month of a cycle. So now let's see something very interesting about the mitzvah on Sukkot. One of the mitzvahs, so there's an obligation. There's an obligation to bring these four different species, bring them together, gather them together. Preates Hadar, the citron, the esrog. Kappa is tomorrow, and we need to bring the lulav, the the palm branch. And we bring the willow branch as well as the as well as the, help me out here, Arve Eitz Avais is the willow branch, Arve Nachal is the, I'm losing my English here, and you bring these four different species, and the, uh, we are to rejoice in front of Hashem for seven days. Now, what is the idea here behind this mitzvah? One of the many ideas we're going to discuss here in the Medrash. The Medrash tells us, brings this pasuk, L'kach L'chem L'yom and it says like this, Dover Acher, Soiva Smachis. The Pasuk says 
So Pasuk in Tehillim in, in Psalms chapter 16 verse 11, it says, Teach me the way of life. Fill me up with joy. The word soiva, the word soiva, which means to feel satiety, to feel satiated, that word also is sheva. It's the same letters as the word sheva, which means seven. Don't read soiva smachos, full of the word soiva is with a sin, with the dot on the left side. Don't read it soiva smachos full, but rather sheva smachos. There are seven rejoicings that we do. These are the seven commandments that we have on on the Yontif of Sukkot. These are they. We have four of the, of the seven, are the four species of the Lulav. The Sukkah, Chagiga, Vesimcha. What are the other three? We have the mitzvah of, we have the four of the Lulav, we have the mitzvah of Sukkah, we have the mitzvah of bringing a Korban Chagiga, the mitzvah of bringing Shalmei Simcha, the special Korbanis that denote our special joy in Yantif. Very interesting. So you want to know what it means to feel full. What does it mean to feel full? To be full of joy? It means to be full of spiritual acquisitions, these seven special mitzvahs, that we have an opportunity on Sukkot to encounter and to use. Now the Gemara wants to understand something very interesting. And I'm, ba- I'm sorry, not the Gemara, the Medrash. And I'm basing my understanding on based on a few different Mephorshim here on the Medrash. The Medrash says like this, Im simcha lama chagigo, im chagigo lama simcha. We have two korbanas that we bring. We bring a korban chagiga and we bring a korban shalmi simcha. Both of these korbanas are shlamim, it's a certain type of korban, a sacrifice which was brought, half of which was eaten by the bailim, by the person who brought the sacrifice, and half of which was uh, consumed on the altar. Okay, so we have these two different korbanas, chagiga, which is a celebratory one, that's to do with the chag, and one is just called shalmi simcha, rejoicing, these, a korban that was brought to rejoice. What is the idea of these two korbanas? Why do we need both of them for or as the Yosef explains, if we look at the Psukim, it's very interesting. The Psukim have stopped already talking about the concept, the, the regular mitzvahs of Sukkis. It started to talk about the, the Korbanus. And in the middle of speaking about the Korbanus, it interjects the halacha of the Lulav, that we need to bring these four different species. So the question is, what is the idea of the fact that the Torah sticks in the middle between the Chagiga and the Shalmi Simcha, why does it stick in the middle, the midst of the obligation of the four species? I'm Rabbi Avin. Rabbi Avin says a very interesting thing. Mashal He says it's a mashal, it's an analogy to two people who came for a judgment. They had some kind of, they had some kind of argument, and they wanted to be judged, and they brought it to a court. Lesson on Yadin Man Hu Natsach. It's not clear who won the court case when they walk out. We can tell who won by the fact that it used to be, as the Anaf Yosef explains, it used to be that when a person would go for a judgment, I'm sorry, when, when, when you have armies going out for some kind of uh, some kind of uh, altercation, so they would come if they won the altercation, if they won that part of the battle, so then they would come back and they would be carrying palm branches. That was what was done. So if you want to know who won, if you want to know who won the judgment, when these two people came in to the court case, you can see by the fact that somebody walks out 
maybe maybe it's saying a mushal, it's a, with a smile on their face, you can see who won. It's it's clear to see. It used to be you could see who won the battle based on the fact that he was carrying back these palm branches. Says the Medrash, a very interesting thing. It's the same thing with the the Jewish people and the nations of the world. I'm reading it slightly different than the the way it's written here because there's a different girsa and anaf yosef, which I think is correct. The the Jewish people and the nations of the world come in in front of Hakadosh Baruch Hu for din. On Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish people come in. Okay, the Jewish people say, "Hey, we've been mistreated by the nations of the world." The nations of the world say, well, the Jews haven't lived up to their spiritual potential, they haven't guided us properly. And there's a back and forth between these two balidin, between the, the nations of the world and the Jewish people. We don't know who won. Okay? And I'm saying this based on the fact that the previous month, you could, you could also understand this to mean that both of the Jewish people are judged separately from the Umas Island, from the nations of the world. And but it's clear that the Medrash is saying that there's some kind of some kind of court case between them. So you don't know who won. How do we know who won? We can tell who won by the fact that what does the Jewish people do immediately after Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, after these days of judgment? They walk out with the victory march. With the with the tools of victory, they have their lulavim, they have their esrogim, they have the four minim, they have the arba minim. On the of Israel inun So then we know that the Jewish people have succeeded; that we have proven that we are the ones who have won. We've won this court case. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu says, "Make sure you take the arba minim. Bring the arba minim. When you bring those arba minim, they function." To show that you have succeeded. Very interesting because the two parts of the Medrash seem to be saying two different things. The first part is talking about the Simcha. The second part is talking about the Mitzvah. What's the idea? So the idea here is that there's two parts. There's this, there's the Chagiga. There's the, the, the carbon Chagiga. And there's the carbon Shalmei Simcha. And the fact that we come out with our Lulavim and Asari, we come out with the Arba Minim, is a, is a way of us expressing the fact that we know that we have won, so to speak. We know that we've won the, arg- the, the argument within the court, and that we are the winners, because Shabbat has given us a good judgment for this year, and we bring a, therefore we bring a carbon Shalmei Simcha. In other words, the Shalmei Simcha, which the Torah describes afterwards, the special carbon which is brought for joy, is an expression of the fact that we know, it, it's an outcrop of the fact that we have brought these, this Lulav and Esrug, these four Minim. Therefore, we can bring the Shalmei Simcha, the carbon which recognizes our extreme joy and our Nitzachon, our victory over the nations of the world. So it's a very powerful idea. It's a very fundamental idea in understanding what's going on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Also understanding in general what's going on in Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, not just in regards to our personal judgment and the judgment of the Jewish people, but there's a court case, there's a there's a there's an interaction between us and the Umas Ha'olam. You can look at the world stage and see how the world, so to speak, so to speak, comes in judgment on the Jewish people, says you can't have your land, you can't annex the Yud of Shamron, Judea and Samaria, you can't this, you can't that, you guys are not okay, you guys are, you know, even though we here we are defending ourselves and standing up for what's right, coming back to the land of Eretz Yisrael, to the land of Israel, as Hashem has promised. The fact is, though, we see, we get a, we get a, we get 
from our mitzvahs. It's the mitzvahs themselves. It's the commandments themselves that when we keep them properly, when we show our dedication to HaKadosh Baruch, we show that we are indeed doing the will of Hashem, that is what proves to the world. That's how we step out of our court case, so to speak, and say, look, I'm sorry to tell you this, but God says we are the chosen people. We are the ones who belong here. We haven't walked in here because we're conquerors. We've come here because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving us back the land of Eretz Yisrael. Okay, so that's not explicit in the measures here, but I'm saying, in theory, we can see that this is the idea that's coming out. Okay, there's another measure a little bit farther along, which is also connected and very interesting. Another idea. This is what the verse means when it says, Pasuk says, we say it every Friday night, There will be a rejoicing of the fields and all that's in it. What is it? What is the rejoicing of the fields? This is the world. The first refers to the fact that Cain and Havel were splitting up the earth. This one's going to take the metaltal, and this one is going to take the karka. This is going to take the the movable objects. This one is going to take the ownership of the land itself, etc. But you see that the word sada is referred to is a word that references the world. Okay, yale sadai. There's a rejoicing. There's a rejoicing and a praising of Hashem that's done by the world. What does it mean, all of those within it? It's a reference to the creations, all of the human beings. As the verse says, the earth and all that's in it belong to God. Very interesting, the verse tells us that there will be a song of praise which will be stated, which will be sung by all of the trees, as you say, you are the trees of the the trees of the forest. So now there's two different verses. One of them says over here, "Kol all of the trees of the of the forest. This pasuk in Divrei Hayamim says, "Atzayayar." Doesn't say the word "Kol So what is it coming to teach us? Why does the verse here add the word "Kol"? All of the trees. Of the forest. Beautiful thing. There's the yar, there's the forest, and there's all the trees of the yar, all the trees of the forest. There's two different types of trees. It's important to understand this. This is very deep, it's very beautiful. There's a type of tree which produces fruit, and there's a type of tree. The Pashup's Pshad of the Pesukim, when we refer to a forest, we talk about the trees that we benefit from. We benefit mainly from the trees that bear fruit. We enjoy their fruits, they nourish us, they give us life. But now there are also other trees. Kolatzeayar means all the trees of the forest praise Hashem as it were. Even those trees that do not bear fruit. Even those trees that do not have any things, so to speak, that we clearly benefit from. They also praise Hashem. Meaning they also fulfill their purpose. So, they do this in front of Hashem. They praise God. And the Yitzhak explains that this is a reference to the Arba Minim. If we look at the Arba Minim, the four species, so there are two that have fruits. The Esrug itself, obviously. The Citron itself is a fruit. Interestingly, it's a beautiful fruit. It happens to be the fruit inside is sour. It tastes like a lemon. Then we have the Lulav, which bears fruit, which bears the Tamarim, the dates. Then we have the two other ones, the Willow, the willow branches, 
the Aravas, the Hadasim, I'm, I'm still blanking on that word, the willow branches and the, the Hadasim and the Aravas, excuse me. So we have those two which do not bear any fruits that are edible. Okay, but the idea here is, and the Mephorshim don't explain this, but as we see from other places, that there are, each of the different elements of the Arameenim express the different types of people that there are in the Jewish people. There are those who bear fruit. There's the tzaddik. The citron represents the tzaddik, who he bears fruit. He does righteous deeds. He teaches others. He learns. He, he inspires other people. His mitzvahs, the commandments that he fulfills, have an impact on the world at large on a, in, a, in a spiritual way, but also in a physical way. And then we have those who they don't themselves per se produce fruits. Maybe they have children who are Talmud Chacham who are, who are connected to spirituality. The Lula, the Lula represents that. Then each of the different other aspects, they themselves don't have fruits. They don't have something that necessarily benefits others directly. But yet they are also essential and important in Hashem's plan. The Jewish people, as Chazal tell us, as we know from Rosh Hashanah, we eat the remain, we eat the pomegranate because it's mole mitzvah. Even the even the lowliest Jew, even the Jew who doesn't per se, he's not a Torah scholar. He might not be somebody who's, uh, you know, well versed in the halachas. But even those Jews are mole mitzvahs kerimaynim. The Jew knows that he's supposed to give tzedakah, to give charity. The Jew knows that he's supposed to be to be up upstanding. He's supposed to be honest, etc. Even the people who may not be the ideal, the highest on on the highest spiritual level. Yet they still also praise Hashem. They also have a spiritual component to their lives. Okay, so the Lekachan Chameyorishan represents this idea as well. We take these four minim and it protects the Jewish people. Right? What is the idea of judgment? Coming back to the previous idea, what is the idea of judgment? What is the idea? I mean, why, why don't you need to come to a court? Hey, I say that I, he borrowed the money from me. He says he didn't. But we know the truth. The idea of the court the idea of the court is indeed to bring out the truth, to bring out the reality, and to stamp it and to show it that this is what's going on in the world. This is the true reality of the world. So when the Jewish people come in front of Hakadosh Baruch Hu on Rosh Hashanah, and the nations of the world come in front of a God on Rosh Hashanah, and they state their case, and the Jewish people come out zakai, they, they show that we are meritorious. There's a statement of truth. There's a statement of reality. Which is what we're waiting for. That's the Yom Adin Agadol. What are we waiting for Mashiach for? What happens when the Messiah arrives? Everybody knows the truth. Everyone will recognize that all along, the Jewish people have been right. All along, the Jewish people were persecuted because they were right. Because others were jealous of them. Because others wanted to claim that they had been become the chosen nation now. Whatever the reason was. But the Jewish people, it will be shown. When Mashiach comes, there will be a great judgment. And the truth will come out. And so this is also true in regards to the individuals of the Jewish people. When we bring the Arba Minim, there's a statement that this is who we are. This is who the Jewish people is. We are a conglomeration. We are bringing together all the different aspects. Those who seem to produce fruit, those who don't seem to produce fruit, all of these, indeed, in truth, are, they sing these songs. All the different fruits, all the trees, I'm sorry, whether they produce fruit or not, they sing the praises of God. The essence of who they are is that we are in truth. The, the court comes out with their psak, comes out with their final judgment that the Jewish people are 
singers. We are the ones who sing the praises of Hashem. Kiva, the Shpoita Aretz, when does Hashem come for judgment? Says the Medrash, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippurim. And the Medrash finishes off by saying that Hashem judges all of those in the world, and He judges them straightly and fairly. So the idea here in the end of the Medrash, as I'm unfortunately explained, it goes back to the previous Medrash that we, we mentioned at the beginning, which is that there's a judgment, there's a statement of truth. We come out, we come out on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur with a joy. What is the Simcha? And the Simcha is expressed in the Lulav and the Esrog, and it's expressed in the Korbanis that we bring. And it's expressed in the fact that we sit in the Sukkah. But what is the joy? The joy is that what is our essence? Who are we? What are we about? We're about singing Ta'akadosh Baruch Hu. We're about, even if we're not the holiest person, we're not the most spiritual person, but at our essence, each one of us, when you tear away the layers and you look inside, we're Mali Mitzvah Kerimayin. We are filled with mitzvahs like there are so many seeds inside of the pomegranate. We also are filled with so much spirituality, with so much connection to God, so much desire to connect, to, to connect Hashem. Even if we may not per se have accomplished it completely, but that is who we really are. And that's what Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot are about. And that's where we're headed. Okay, That's where we're always headed. Because each part of the year, as we said at the beginning, is a lead up to the next part of the year. And each part of the, when we get to the next part, it's a lead up to the next part of the year. So here we are, having gained an amazing amount from Pesach, heading into Shavuos, Kabbalah, Satira. But it's, what's it all about? And we're going to head through the months of Tammuz and Av, and we're going to mourn the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. And we're going to come in with Anila Daidi Vidaidi Lita and Elul. And then we're going to have a Rosh Hashanah again and, and an amazing opportunity for closeness to God. That's what it all comes down to. That's the focus of our lives. It's the focus of every moment, of every day, of every month. The focus is coming close to God. How can we fulfill His commandments? How can we come closer to Him? How can we learn more Torah? How can we indeed produce more fruits? How can we be like the Esrig? How can we be like the Tamarim? How can we have one heart? To Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and how can we recognize that even when we're not per se doing the most that we can, but still, what is the essence of who we are? The essence of who we are is the singers who sing to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. I want to bless you, and I ask you to bless me back. Hashem should help us that we should recognize and we should take the opportunities that present themselves all the time in front of us, every single day, every single month, lead up to where bringing us to that Machus Shemaim, that day when HaKadosh Baruch Hu indeed will reign over the entire world. But even if it's not yet today, even if it's not yet this year, who knows, maybe it will be. But even if that day, that eternal day is not yet, but we need to know that indeed Hashem will help us to understand. That's my blessing. Hashem will help us understand that every single day is a lead up to that great day. Indeed, when we will sing the ultimate praises of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shamas. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.